Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material Podcast, episode number 301. I am your host, Florence Ion, and I am joined here by my host, to my right, Andy Anako. Hello. Hey, Andy. Yes, 301. So if this were like uh if this were like a college class, this would be like the, ju- <laughs> the this, this this would be the class the juniors are taking. Like, you know, uh, calculus Let's see. Hold on, hold on. What is hold on, hold on? Because now I'm gonna Google this. Uh, I'm going to look up what this class would be. Oh my god, I haven't been on this website since I like graduated from this school. All right, I can't find it. You but don't, you, I don't, remember... you, don't, you don't want to be one of those one of those high school graduates who keeps hanging around the high school website like long after long after they college, graduated. College college graduation. <laughs> um yeah, I can't look it up uh fast enough to try and answer this for this to to be whatever. But anyway, <laughs> right. 300 was when we started to do labs uh-huh. in, in J school. That's when they started to... and labs were just giant computer rooms where we wrote articles. <laughs> Where we all learned how to undermine the United States government. How to hide our liberal bias. Oh, my God. There is nothing (laughs) that sends me more than when I see an alumni of San Francisco State University, like, soaring through the ladder, like, or soaring up the ladder, I should say, in this industry. Uh, It just makes me so proud. Now, I have to say, the other thing that makes me very proud is that I... I was very touched by how much traction and attention we got last week for our 300th episode. Yes. I'm, I'm sincerely not trying to, uh, to like play humble here. I did not expect it to kind of get the the boom that it did. And I, I really appreciate everyone for boosting us. I even got some friends who saw me post it on my Instagram. They were like, I finally listened to your podcast. And you know what? You guys are pretty good. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Thanks. Listen, you don't have, I mean, look, we love that you listen to us. We really appreciate it. But what matters are those download numbers. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, if you don't want to listen to us, fine. You're not feeling us that week. That's fine. Just put us on your list and make sure to put automatically download. That way, but we but but we good. but we appreciate there. L- l- let's just say there there are many categories of things that uh, that 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 sustain this podcast. One of them is the the love and support of of our listeners, of which we heard quite a lot uh, over the past week. That was that really was nice because we do well, and it and it validates because we've been trying to kind of pump some life back into this, you know. So. I, not that we didn't have life before, well, we're, but we're not, exactly. We're, we're not Camille here. We're not. We're, we're not La Traviata in podcast form. But, I yeah. know. I know. I well, listen. I'm projecting Dying a little of bit because of my own. Frozen Garrett. I, I'm, I'm projecting a little bit because my own personal journey with like having a kid and and the way it's like made me feel or whatever. But uh, anyway, thank you everyone for the exactly. well wishes. Like sincerely. Uh, you know, we got a couple. Uh, Russell reached out to us. So gosh, we we got to try and. We, we, we got to try and schedule. We should, we should have him back. He he would be a good get. If only we had an in uh, with the with the. Well, that's the only way I can get him to hang out with me these days. So <laughs> is to get him on my podcast. So he's I feel po- like he's a podcasting magnate now. I mean, that's honestly like what Robert a podcast is for. It's just for inviting <laughs> your friends on, and then just <laughs> praying somebody pays you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank thank God really, we do. But, yeah. 
Yeah, and I uh, and I also have to I uh, have to apologize uh, to <laughs> to Flo. Uh, we are we are starting the show late today. Uh, this isn't this isn't a, a uh, material after dark, but it is later than we. It's agreed well upon into this Mona's dinner time. Let's exactly. just put it that way. I can smell her mashed potatoes with like various veggies in it, <laughs> wafting from the kitchen right now. Kid yeah. loves kid loves a food that she can just grab with her hands. And we all smear we all, all do. You know, fry, fried chicken. <laughs> that's well, there's a reason why that took off. That's oh, she the, loves that, she that, loves that doomed fried. the chicken population. Once we realized we have this beautiful handhold like lollipop of meat. That we oh could fry up in bread. That's I could beautiful. talk about I could talk about all the terrible things I'm teaching Mona all day. But anyway, <laughs> we're not going to do that instead. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll use I'll, I will use this as a way to again try to uh, try to manhandle a Google topic in here. Now, the reason okay. why I was up late uh, last night and I kind of overslept was I was watching a horrible movie. And what, but one of the good kinds of horrible movies, I'm going, there will be a link in the show notes. I, I actually did forgot to put it in the show notes for, for flow, but it will be there for you folks to, to see. Uh, it is called the astrologer and it is, uh, it, it is he, in 2k everyone, by the way, he sent me the 2k resolution link yes. on YouTube, 1976. 1976. And I know that a lot of people will say, oh my God, you got to watch this. It's such a horrible movie. And it may be, it'll be something like Manos, The Hands of Fate, where like legendarily, <laughs> got, it got it's one of Mystery Science Theater 3000's most famous episodes. And <laughs> stupid title. <laughs> exactly, exactly. For a really, really awful movie. And you watch it and you realize, and it's funny because the people at Mystery Science Theater 3000 spent weeks like writing jokes to say along Inside it, but right, then like right. you say, oh wow, here's the original. They found the original print, and now I can see it. Like, oh my god, it's huge. It's incredibly long, and it's incredibly boring. And there's no sound, and like it's shot really bad, and it's really, really like creepy, but not in an entertaining, creepy way. This, the astrologer, is totally different because this is what happens. Excuse me. It's. I'm sorry. It's remastered. Remastered, right? But well, it's it's now. This is uh, this is what happens when. Like a, a a professional astrologer who has made some money with like computer like selling computerized like astrology stuff. Has- well, and to be fair, this is the the mid seventies, so this was like after we had the boon of the spirituality really like seeping into you know boring white people culture. So right, know, it's, it's a it's it's a <laughs> yeah, there's but there's st- it's uh, part of the uh, it's part of the me decade. Right, the nineteen seventies was the me decade. And there can be nothing more like self-centered than the idea of that, all that of the planets are moving around to dis- to destine my fate and my fortune, and I can mm-hmm. augur my my my. Can, can I read from- the description for this per YouTube, please? please. Uh, so now this this uh, the astrologer, starring, written, directed, and produced by Craig. Denny, Craig Alexander, a con man psychic, quote unquote, on the carnival circuit, lucks into a criminal enterprise to pilfer some legendary rubies in Kenya. Oh my God, this is bad already. His luck holds and he winds up the sole beneficiary of the ill-gotten wealth, which he parlays into an astrological empire. But once he reaches the top, there's only one direction he can go, (laughs) folks, and I'm sure that's down. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You you take so you take the basic incompetence of someone who's never directed a film, written or directed a film before. You add to it 
the idea that it's uh, unlike a lot of the movies that are in Mystery Science Theory 3000, it wasn't built, it wasn't made on like a $20,000 budget. He had mm-hmm. like access to his company's like millions of dollars of like lines of credit. Mm-hmm. So there, there are helicopter shots, there are underwater shots, there are legitimately like incre- really cool locations all around the world that he went to. But imagine all of this being the service of someone who is like, so self-aggrandizing they thought i'm gonna make a movie and i'm gonna star in it it's gonna sort of tell a fictionalized version of my life story and that's gonna make me a movie star Woo! it's just so it's there there's so many times where like you i was stopping and think what wait what just cat it's i it is highly recommended and then of course i had to look i had to do, look for more information about this mm-hmm. incredible movie uh and it turns out that this movie is kind of legendary because uh, a there is a, a film festival that they 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 buy like all kinds of just like cans of film, and uh, I think it's, I, I I forget where the festival back is. Back when film could melt in a glove box. Back back when or set fire to, <laughs> set fire to a basement, mm-hmm. and so so what they so what they do is they have too much to like just you know go through it all. So they have like these like cinema nights in which they will they will just play the first reels of all kinds of movies that they just have in their collection to see, and people will vote on which ones will get a full screening. And this one legendarily got like oh my god we have to see the rest of this. And then at the, like the one or two screenings that actually happened, so many people were writing about how fascinating an object this was that but yet you can't see it anywhere because there's just this one print uh and and i should mention that even because even despite all of this popularity the one of the reasons why they can't get like distribution for it even for oh let's just burn some dvds and mail them out so (laughs) the guy who made this movie they thought that he the, the other thing that that kind of uh says wow but the music in here like the the, the songs on the soundtrack are really really good some of them are like legitimate mm-hmm. hits of the 1970s mm-hmm. and then you read more you read about oh yeah he just decided to just put the music in there and not pay any licensing and just hope that worked oh. out so that's probably why there'll never be a legitimate release so this was uh, but the fun this this is the this is builds up to a larger point so apparently a couple of weeks ago for some reason this 2k like hd version of it like just appeared on youtube with liner notes by the way and it has all the all the music like it tells right. you with with, with with all that stuff and, and it's ad free by the way if you have youtube premium <laughs> exactly. again we're gonna link we're gonna we're gonna link to it which is making me fr- think what else is on youtube premium if you're paying you know yeah there's so but so uh it it bespoke a sort of like discussion in certain like movie forums about how like there used to back in the seventies before YouTube, before digital uh, digital sites, and before pi- digital piracy, a lot of these movies used to be sort of like a secret handshake. They, that was the term that one of them uses, and was perfect. Right. Like they they knew that if you if you had seen the astrologer, they knew that you that was like a shibboleth between the two of you. Saying, oh, I've, totally. I've done the, it's like I've this done the music work. genres, right? It's like right. if you know that band, like you're in. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have this. I have the same thing happen with uh. The, so there is a there is a movement to declare uh, uh to declare uh. Uh, this movie, this terrible Western by uh, Michael Cimino from the 1970s, uh, Heaven's Gate, was a legendary mm-hmm. flop. Uh, and it used to be, I, I was proud of myself because there was, uh, uh, there was like a one really bad cut of it on like Laserdisc briefly. 
and I had a laser player, so I rented it. But then I actually worked, did the legwork, as they say, to find like a Harvard Film Archive at one point had a copy of like the original, like uncut print. So I went out and saw it. Uh, and it's, it, you feel a little bit because now you can just download it or you can just go and stream it. Whereas it used to be, Oh yeah, no, I've seen, Oh, oh did, did you see the three, the three hour, 20 minute cut or that? No, I saw the, the three hour, 40 minute cut. The only, the, the cut that they showed yeah. at the, at the premiere can. And so it, it just, it, I, I will have to say that I'm glad that even bad movies get their audience. So I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, but I do appreciate that, uh, Again, uh, that uh, whereas it used to be, oh, I, I have the I have every appearance of a certain very obscure Marvel character used to be that that means that that would say to another comic book geek. No, I've spent off and on 15 years compiling lists and investigating what issues this character appeared in <laughs> and also going to comic comic book conventions and comic book shows to like leafing through piles and piles of old comics now it's no i went to marvel marvel to get a list of all the appearances and then i just simply went on ebay and kept buying them until i got them all so it's, so, it's a I mean, leveler i know it's a geek leveler no i get it i get it i'm just thinking about all like Finding stuff like this on YouTube, though, and on the Internet is hard. And so I think about how that now is that passage. Like you, you pass the baton by I found yeah. this link. Oh, my God, you found this link. That's amazing. But like you <laughs> spent all this time on the Internet to find this. But but I do resonate yeah. with you, Andy, on that note. Um, I, I, I will say that it is far more it is far more pleasing to be able to tell somebody tell all the listeners of this podcast, wow, I saw this really great bad movie. And rather than hype it up and then leave you feeling jealous or like unfulfilled, here is a link where you can go like go, stream go it to YouTube. right now until, until now, do you, do you, does do things like this make you wonder like how the con the copyright match systems works? Because this movie has legitimately like three of the biggest hundred or 150 hits of the seventies on it. And yet, this is it's been around for a week, week and a half, two weeks without any sort of copyright match or copyright strike. I always wonder how that thing happens. I mean, if YouTube is vetting it and it's like in this special 2K offering and they're giving it to you ad free with YouTube premium, I imagine there's some editorializing behind the scenes. And I imagine we'll, we'll see some blog post about it. See, see classic <laughs> favorites. See the worst movies ever on YouTube now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like they'll use that as a, yeah, as a as a catching point. Um, we are gonna take a quick little break, but before we do, I just want to let everybody know, like literally, I just want to let you know that I have a OnePlus Nine and OnePlus Nine Pro in my possession. Not entirely sure how I'm going to like cover them yet, how I'm going to test them, like what I'm gonna look at. I just know that this is the continuation of my little like personal project of not using a pixel device and seriously. <laughs> and so that, personal. Yeah. No, I mean, and now I'm going to continue into the next, like now OnePlus is doing this really expensive flagship phone. We're at a thousand dollars for a OnePlus device now. So I might as well see what a thousand dollars gets me for this once very yeah. unknown brand. So what, if you have any un questions, unknown, unknown, but very well known for saying, Oh my God, they're selling a thousand dollar phone for only $529. So yeah, that, that got that got my attention of okay so does this mean i'm getting a $2000 phone for $1000 wait a minute no 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 the OnePlus 9 is like 
Isn't it close to a thousand dollars? Yeah. No, but, I, yeah. but OnePlus first got my attention in the in history. Oh yes, by yes, being, my yes. God, they are we being ripped off by Apple and Samsung by them selling? Thousands? We are, yeah. but <laughs> that's you know. Anyway, if you have any questions about the phones, you can send us an email at materialpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at materialpodcast. Let us know. Let us know. Yes. Let's take a break. This episode of Material is brought to you by privacy.com. Privacy is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most important information secure. By generating virtual numbers, privacy masks your bank information so you never have to worry about giving it out to people you don't know online. Okay, personal experience. Please feel free to riff and tell your own story. Yeah, uh, I, I, I had a good time the last time we had this ad read, uh, talking about how, my God, like, why are we, Why do we still have, like, pla- plastic cars with, like, raised numbers on them as though, like, it's like my my dad or my grandfather. You have to hand over the charge plate, and they have to go chick chick on one of those little like shoe shiny machines or whatever it was you see in like old TV shows. Uh, yeah, it's and I, I just but I just remembered that I had another transaction that also reminded me of why services like privacy, where it's just <laughs> it will give you whatever it will generate a one use only or limited use only like credit card number uh, so that it works but <laughs> the person you get you're giving it to or the service or the company you're giving it to doesn't ever know what your real number is and you can revoke that card at any time like this this is the sort of stuff that we need to have in our lives uh, and i had so uh, uh, i have been without a headboard on my bed for like 3 or 4 years when i when i moved I never liked the headboard that I had on it. So the great thing about uh, about moving uh, is that uh, you know that you're you've you're you're paying for someone in a big truck to come and whatever you leave behind you're telling them please take it and just get rid of it. And I decided it was time to get rid of that headboard, but it was it took me like 3 or 4 years to find what I something that really I thought ooh ooh this is what I wanted. And what I wanted turned out to be in like the local online classifieds, this really like big like 1920s 1930s wrought iron uh like big 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 thing headboard like like I, I like i had to actually i felt like i had to actually screw it into the wall because if this thing collapsed in the middle of the night head injury maybe life altering definitely not life ending but possibly life altering head injury that kind of a thing that that's the sort of like presence I wanted in in a headboard and so but again it's a local classified so I'm I, I really want to pay this guy in cash so that my cash is untraceable he doesn't get access to any more of my cash and then he doesn't have any of my personal information and unfortunately before I said, oh, I, I, I want you uh, c- uh, come drop it by like on Sunday. I just have to uh, go to the ATM and like, oh no, no, I, I have a PayPal account. You can just uh, you can just PayPal it to me, and I'm like, okay, not ideal because now you have not, again, you don't have my PayPal like account information, but now you have like an address that you can you didn't have before. But okay, fine, that's fine. Whereas, whereas you would like to be able to, again, have the sort of, if I, if I choose that I want the maximum amount of 
privacy and the maximum amount of the least amount of information I'm giving to this other person, not because you don't trust them, but because you know that things are going to happen. Mankind is born into trouble just as surely as the sparks fly upward. Things are going to happen. And when, when it turns out that, oh, well, what do you know? It looks like that I bought uh, 40, 48, 50 uh, PS5 game consoles. What wasn't I lucky? How did how did someone get my credit card number? How did I get my financial information? And you have to real and and I don't want I don't want the headboard guy to be like on my list of suspects because again local classifieds I might see him at the supermarket and then I might have a con- confrontation in which I would probably come across very poorly. This is this is why we need modern tools, modern digital tools that let us have a little bit more control over uh, th- things that are flexible out. I I have multiple bank accounts, I have multiple credit cards, exactly for this kind of reason. Where there's a there's a shiny 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 card in a locked uh, filing cabinet that I never ever 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 use because that's just there to move money into a place where the number has never been used for anything ever because I need to have. I need to have a place to to uh, to put money where I know where it is, and the bank knows where it is, and everybody who needs to know where it is knows where it is. But nobody knows that secret number. I wish I didn't have to do this sort of stuff. But this is why, <laughs> slowly, as we enter the uh, the third decade of the 20th century, we are moving into technologies that we probably should have had available to us in, say, 1998-1999. I blame Prince. Uh, because he he wrote that song, the banger of a song, 1999. We got so excited about the turn of the millennium, we ignored all the possibilities that were right in front of us all along. Okay, let's get back to the ad read. Take back control of your payments. Decide who can charge your card, how much, and how often. And you can close cards at any time. Plus, you can make sure that you are never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. And privacy is partnered with the good folks at 1Password. You can create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password will have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards, and you can set spending limits, create single-use or merchant lock cards whenever you want. Head to privacy.com material and sign up for an account. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Uh, uh, an aside here, this is not like part of the ad read, but that is like uh, almost three donuts at the uh, at the one of the better donut shops uh, in my town. If I want to go to like the next town over, that is one of the super, super deluxe donuts. So think about like free donut, like the free donut where you kind of want to break it in half and like save half of it for later because you're just going to be so joyful from the first one. That's what I'm talking about. Five bucks is five bucks. Uh, <laughs> go to privacy.com slash material and sign up now. Our thanks to Privacy for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. Wow. So this is the kind of story that if you were reading a celebrity gossip blog, you would just be like eating it up. <laughs> And and honestly, I, I love this for us to have this on our show because I feel like we can approach this with a sensationalism. Uh, unlike the original reporting, which was done in, in the very factual and respected MIT technology yeah. review. <laughs> can, can, I, can I also say that what the story you're about to hear, dear listeners, is like imagine like Reno 911 
or a police academy movie or like even car 54 where are you where the the the, the people who are assigned to protect us are think that they think they're they're about to be lauded by the entire world for this wonderful thing they did but it turns out that because they they actually screwed something up merrily and majorly this is so imagine that i also I also want to preface this more seriously with saying that this next little news item about Google is a, I think is a prime indicator of how much more of a company they're becoming in our eyes versus your friendly neighborhood search engine. Yeah. This which has, is what, kind has of, everything. This has everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the MIT Technology Review is reporting that uh, Google has both discovered and shut down a nine-month hacking operation, which, whoops, was also an active anti-terrorist operation. <laughs> yeah, wow, it's wild. So you Google's know, you, projects, you, you win some, yes. you, you lose some. It's- exactly. So Google's Project Zero team announced via a a blog post, as you do, that they discover 11 previously known zero-day security vulnerabilities being actively exploited on a large scale since early 2020. Um, I can't help but look at that timeline and think, you know, what a great time to take advantage of something than during a pandemic, in the midst of a pandemic when everybody is freaking the heck out and people are sad and depressed and, you know, not really paying attention to what's going on. <laughs> so the vulnerabilities, they were being exploited in a watering hole style attack, which basically infects websites, which would then deliver the malware to its visitors. So the idea being the malware, uh, excuse me, the watering hole, that's where everybody comes to get their drink for the day to cool off from the heat. And so while you're there, you're drinking this water and in goes the malware just into your system like that. So Project Zero's report was odd, however, in that it actually omitted a lot of expected specifics, uh, including the domains that had been affected and specific information about the malware. So we know that some things, some bad things happened, but, you know, it's like the news brief that says no details at this time. You're just waiting for more. The MIT Technology Review actually discovered that hackers behind these attacks were operatives of a Western government conducting an active counterterrorism operation, (laughs) which is wild. Um, Furthermore, Project Zero had determined this on its own, but shut down and publicized the hacks regardless of the internal division about it inside Google. So there was all this talk about how to relay this to the public, like what to make public. And it's um, it's it's troubling, right, to think about how much control the company has in what it is uh, telling us consumers, the users. Yeah, that's a it's it's a long spreading sort of problem. It goes it goes back to uh, often there 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 have been rumors and they can never be anything more than rumors that uh, someone will announce a paper at uh, like a uh, at a, a hacking conference saying hey, I've got this or sure uh, some, some, a paper about this exploit they found and suddenly that paper gets pulled and the rumor being that. Uh, a, an intelligence agency reached out to this person and offered them a sum of money to keep this quiet because the intelligence agency was either using this exploit or wanted to use this exploit hmm. and didn't want its particulars to be publicly known and then patched. Oh, my God. So this makes this all the more interesting, right? Google releases an official statement to MIT Technology Review saying, you know, 
Project Zero. It's dedicated to finding and patching zero-day vulnerabilities. Uh, it's dedicated to posting technical research designed to advance the understanding of things, of those security vulnerabilities. Um, and that they believe sharing this research leads to better defensive strategies and increases security for everyone. Um, but we don't perform attribution as part of this research. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, Google's position, according to the article, is that zero threats are a danger to everybody. And But if it's being used by the good people, then it's likely to be discovered by the bad people as well. So fixing it for everybody immediately is the right choice. Sure. Um, but Google also argues that it's not their place to judge that one government's massive hacking operation. Uh, it's not up to Google to say whether that's bad or good. I really want to know, first of all, what Western government this comes from. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it, are we talking like G8 Western yeah. government? Are we talking G20 Western government? Which I guess would include like Russia, which I guess Russia is not technically Western. But anyways. They usually uh, speak of there's there's a uh, there's international agreements uh, between the, the, the famous five countries, that's basically if you if one country finds this out, they're going to share it digitally with the other members of this agreement. So this is why it's a very very big deal when uh, if if mm -hmm. uh, the, if the, the United States government can say no, look, there are some things that are absolutely beyond the pale. We would never ever introduce into the consumer stream lollipops that have special tracking devices in the handle so that as they're being used, we can take DNA information and transmit it to, we would never, we categorically say, we don't do that. We have never done that. And they can do that saying that, because I know that France is doing that and whatever information France gets through that operation anywhere in the world, they're going to get as well. So that's right. why this becomes really, really itchy. Right. Um. You know, and it also, it's, also kind of ruffling the feathers of some government and intelligence folks, uh, because in their eyes, Google's choosing to wield powers that kind of belong to governments. Uh, governments, they're, they're the powers that be that have rules, procedures, hierarchy, responsibilities, things that sort of keep these vulnerabilities in check and sort of help protect people. Um, and this is ruffling feathers because, again, it's a private entity that is making these decisions. And making decisions on what to disclose. Yeah, I mean there there are there are rules about how all this stuff works and there there are consequences for people who abuse those rules. That's the that's the reason why uh, law enforcement and federal law enforcement can uh, snoop on can snoop in somebody's cloud account if they think or uh, or internet transactions if they think that they're engaged in really really terribly illegal activity and those and Google's not allowed to say, "Oh, by the way, the FBI is now monitoring all of your Gmail." Just thought we we thought we'd take it upon yourself to let you know. No, that's why that there are rules saying that okay, you are forbidden from discussing this while it's still an active case. And if you have, if you essentially, Google suddenly says that well, we we're not convinced that this is a this is that Count Nefario in his skull shaped mountain in the middle of the Pacific with the that has access to nuclear weapons. We, we don't we don't think that we should interfere with his with his intention to to uh, to uh, to negotiate a ten trillion dollar ransom from the UN to not destroy uh, the United States. Does the UN have 10 trillion dollars? Don't answer they could, that. They could raise it. They got, they got some really great art. <laughs> also, property on the waterfront in New York City on on the east side? Come on. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just, I keep saying um, um, um. 
because I want to like say more, but I'm not in- entirely sure. So I think yeah. it's best that we just, you know, th- it's a it's a really good article because it it doesn't. Yeah, I've seen some other coverage that I mean, because this is the original article that wanted to make the entire story and make the entire case. It's not a it's not a horribly easy thing to determine. Uh, and but it does. I think you were right. And that shows the evolution of Google as a company where this this does seem like it's uh, a leftover of their origins as essentially a college campus that makes hundreds of millions of dollars that the it's it's one thing to make these purely academic arguments where you're in the you're in the you're in the in the student lounge the graduate student lounge and it's friday afternoon you've got pizza you got beers and you're talking about well what if you did come across a big spying operation that was designed to shut down what you know to be a really evil terrorist organization in principle do you should you violate uh, certain rules and make sure that uh, make sure that this uh, this operation goes undetected or would you See, this is the sort. Well, you know, in principle, I we're a company of principles, and our principle is that a threat to one of us is a threat to all of us, and so we want to protect. But then you get into the point of, but here is a here. This is an academic. This is real. What do you do now? And the problem when a lot of these organizations decide to go with free speech is a is a much better example where we believe that free speech is sacrosanct. We don't have a. We want to create a free and open forum where all points of view are represented. Yeah, but honestly, some of those points of view are representing actively like fostering hatred and misinformation that will kill people. Do you still feel that academically free speech unrestricted is a good thing? And if the answer is no, we have a problem. Yeah. So the TLDR of all this is that Project Zero, it was made to kind of help find these vulnerabilities, but they also don't want to formally attribute any hacking to any specific groups, which sort of makes it seem, again, I feel like the older Google would have been a little more transparent, but maybe that's just me being a little optimistic about what the older Google was like. (laughs) I just feel like when we were talking a lot about Android security and just the general security of Google products, that we had a little more transparency because Google wanted to get us to trust them. Now that we trust them, they're like, oh, no, 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 trust us. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And now, and that's where I'm kind of like, but 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 you used to tell me these things. And now I and now I now you don't tell me anything. <sighs> so anyway, let's take a quick break and when we come back, um, we'll talk about Android. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by Technology Untangled. Okay, again, per- personal stuff. Uh, please discuss the joy of finding a new show to listen to. Oh boy, that's 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 like pleasure and pain isn't it where uh, you, you're already looking at all of those shows you've, you subscribe to in your podcatcher that you love and you've really you found so many that you absolutely adore that you you just know that you, you need about eight days of blizzard conditions to like finally catch up on all of them and then you find it, it's 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 the it's the the it's the pain of of finding something where oh my god I just gotta I'm not I found this new thing and oh my god damn it there are 130 episodes and I got and oh that's a good topic oh that's a great topic ooh that's a great guest and now you're like ah, damn it now I'm gonna <laughs> I, I I thought I was well you know what you know what I'm just gonna have to do I'm just gonna have to like not take an hour long walk today because i'm gonna have to listen to this interview because it's just sounds too damn good what you mean listen to this podcast while taking that walk don't ruin this for me but yes that's the that's the pleasure of finding a new show to listen to 
<laughs> Back to the ad read. And I recently listened to Technology Untangled, which which is actually true. I had I hadn't listened to it before, uh, but uh, uh, but I I know that Relay doesn't set us up with like garbage, so I knew ooh this pro- this is probably pretty good. And I will be talking about in a specific episode a little bit later on. I just read something in my <laughs> in my in my uh, ad read voice that should have been uh, that I don't like to use personal pronouns. Anyway, uh, hosted by Michael Bird, it's a show that deciphers text rapid evolutions with one simple question in mind: What's really going to shape our future, and what's going to end up in the bargain bin with a floppy disk? Here we go. Personal experience. So yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, I did. Uh, goodness, I, I was uh, that the, the experience that I mentioned earlier, that that is kind of what I went through because like, oh, that's a good topic. Oh, that's a good topic. Damn it. I got so much I need to do in the next two days. And I don't these are these are all 30 minute episodes. So they're very, very digestible. But it's like, oh, but I want to I want to listen to three of them because they're really good. They get what, what, I, what I'm liking about the about the list of episodes because I've got the I've got an opening Google podcast right now, Technology Untangled. And uh, what's so what, what I really dig about it is that it really it it, it doesn't talk. It, it picks a topic that you can really have an in-depth uh, discussion about that you can really uh, have like a magazine style. Here is one thought. And here's another thought. And here's another uh, another uh, idea about it. Uh, I mean, it's 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 great to talk about uh, the. Uh, it's great to talk about like the latest uh, Real Housewives, whatever. That's fun. It it, it is fun. But sometimes, the, in in addition to that episode that's on your phone, you kind of like to have, you know, supercomputing an exascale size challenge. Supercomputers are big, they're noisy, and they're more they use more energy than a small town. They don't look like much from the outside, but from the inside it tells a different story. Like, oh, and it's like I realized that, oh, I actually don't even know what defines supercomputing at this point. Uh, the the one that I decided to they're all like a lot a lot of protein packed uh, ideas here. The one now the 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 one that I did decide to like oh well, I'll, I'll definitely listen to this one. Uh, digital ethics. How can we make tech a force for good? Uh, the actually I think it was the last episode of the previous season. It uh, dropped on October thirteenth, twenty twenty. And what I really uh, this is a topic that obviously we've discussed a lot on this show. So you know that we're really interested in it and. Uh, it's different from how like our show goes, where we're two people who are gonna uh, who bring our own perspective perspectives. We've at this point we've done a lot of research on it just over the course of the weeks and months of just being tech journalists and just being nerds. But also we prepared for this particular conversation based on a, a news item. the The format of uh, of technology untangled it really is more like a it, it's a very very nicely. Uh, produced very produced uh, 30 minute show because you're not just talking about the the host isn't uh, the host is there to sort of coordinate all of the different conversations that they collected with all kinds of different experts uh, to uh, to uh, to coalesce this into one 30 minute package so it really is like a news magazine almost where you're getting you're not getting one person t- talking from one point of view for 20 or 30 minutes you're talking when they need to talk about this aspect of the topic they get in someone who's an expert on this part of the topic when they get someone who's uh, a grassroots sort of activist ethicist they get this person in to talk about their experience and how the, how how they contribute to that certain topic so yeah they, they they got me for the whole half hour 
And yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, and you know what I mean by unfortunately, I subscribe to it. I'm like <laughs> in pocket casts. Uh, I, I feel as though I'm going to talk to Russell Ivanovich, uh, our, our friend. And of course, the one of the creators of pocket cast that I, I, we need like a rule. I, I want like an actual graphical roulette wheel <laughs> where I could just like put, I, I can like, uh, uh, have a wheel of fortune where I can load up like 36 different, <laughs> like different podcasts. And then I can physically spin the wheel and tick, 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 tick. Okay. Technology untangled. That's the episode I'm going to be, I'm going to be listening to right now as I pretend to vacuum, <laughs> uh, back to the ad read past guests include people from Google, Sainsbury's, Aston Martin, Red Bull Racing, Nokia, Goonhilly Earth Station, The New York Times, and Nokia. And to give you an idea of episode topics, you can expect a deep dive into 5G, which untangles the who, what, whys, and hows of 5G, and what it means for you. How supercomputers are helping us with a fight against COVID by sifting through billions of molecules to look for drugs to repurpose along with AI and the future of jobs and episodes on energy innovation and mission to Mars. You're spoiled for choice. Search for technology untangled anywhere you listen to podcasts and we'll include a link in the show notes. Our thanks to technology untangled for their support of this show and all of relay FM. Well, now speaking of Google taking care of its people, um, you know what? I'm kind of excited for this. So Android 11, uh, we'll have a important new privacy protection beginning in May. This is per 9to5Google, which we'll link in the show notes. There's this new privacy policy that will deny almost all apps from the Play Store the ability to read a list of the other apps that you have installed on a device. Now, this is important because apps that do this Oftentimes, your list of installed apps is routinely used to fingerprint your device so that marketers and ad networks know how to serve you. Uh, They can connect anonymous, again, a hard word for me to say, (laughs) they can connect (laughs) anonymized data to your identity. I need to just side note here. (laughs) English was, again, not my first language. Although it is my dominant language, but for sometimes my tongue, like, it's just tired or whatever. So I apologize. <laughs> it's hard sometimes. It's hard. <sighs> Where was I? So we, anyway, the whole point of this uh, new privacy protection is to help keep you feeling safe from all the marketers and advertisers who are trying to shill their wares in your feeds. Um, now, the only exceptions for this privacy policy will be apps that actually need that information. And we're talking device search apps. Obviously, you want them to be able to see what apps you have installed. Antivirus apps, which, dear God, people, it's 2021. Like, it's okay. You really don't need to have that installed. <laughs> File managers and browsers. Side note again, I do wonder if DuckDuckGo is going to have this installed or whatever available. Hmm. I actually need to look at the permissions of that. I do wonder if. I don't know. I think I, I think that that that, uh, that all those caveats come out of the developer support notes. I think they're referring to uh, apps that search the device contents as opposed to uh, the internet. Is it does DuckDuckGo app search the device? I don't know. I don't have it installed. I don't know. I can't even use Gboard with it. It won't even let me do uh, voice dictation. It won't. It doesn't do. Uh, it's it's pretty. It's pretty severe. I love it for that reason, though. And if I need if I need to not have severity in my life, then I just switch over to Chrome and I go do my other things in there. So and and this is why I love being an Android user. 
So just an FYI for those uh, wondering, those apps, including device search apps, antivirus, the apps that will be allowed permission to this, they will still be required to comply with Google's prominent disclosure and consent requirements. And according to Google, may not extend its use to undisclosed or invalid purposes. So they need to know why you want to look at the apps, which I think is great. Now, what I'm wondering, Andy, is how the heck are they going to make this interesting? I wonder if they'll do this like the Titan M security chip uh, commercial that shows up, uh, <laughs> you know, while I'm watching Sister Wives, because you totally know the demographic that's watching Sister Wives is like, oh, yeah, you know, while I was watching all these four women cry about how they hate their husband, um, <laughs> I, I, for some reason, Google decided to tell me about this chip. It's not, you know, it's not registering. Like, how do we make this so that Tim Cook doesn't use Google as a punchline anymore? Yeah, Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And we're uh, we're, the success of of smartphones is that uh, they're so good and they're so useful and ubiquitous and well developed across all platforms that I think a lot of people aren't even aren't as aware that they're using uh, an iPhone instead of an Android phone or vice versa as one might think that they, I think that they just, they're using the device that lets them run Instagram and lets them run WhatsApp They're And the actual logo on the back of it isn't quite so important. So on that basis, are you going to tell them that here we have this chip that makes, that will hopefully help you to trust this phone more than you might be inspired to. But as long as, so long as they so long as it means that people are going to use things like tap to pay, I've, I've had I've had people mm, earlier, yes. not so much not so much now as when it was first really rolling out that, well, I don't well, I don't want like Google. I don't want to have a company to like have access to my bank account. And I'm trying to and I have to like explain to them that this is actually way, way, way more secure know. because yeah. it, it generates a, instead of like handing over your card to someone yeah. who could really just like take a picture of it or just your it'll make a fake credit card number. <laughs> that is only for this one transaction and that nothing can read it. Nothing can shoulder surf it. Nothing can, it can't be swiped. It can't be done. Any of those things. I mean, that's a great way to, to explain it. You make a fake cause I've used the terminology tokenization with my friends and they'll look at me like blink, 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 blink. And I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry. I went into tech journalist mode. <laughs> I use jargon. Yep. Um, I would love for Google to make stuff like this a little more well-known in some like cutesy manner. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for being like really negatory on the Titan M ads, but I just, <laughs> every time I see them, I'm like, who is this for? Yeah. And why, again, why is it on the channels for people who, like, yeah. No, every, you know, every every time that I think that people are becoming more sophisticated as to how uh, technology works, I remember that the the automobile, the the internal combustion engine has been around for well over 30 years now. Well, I know, well, I don't know the exact date, but it might be close to 100, but well over 30 years now. And there is still, if you go on Reddit for, there's there's a subreddit for like auto mechanics of just showing here are pictures of really, really badly maintained cars that have come into the shop. And the number of times you see an engine head taken off and it looks like there is like, chocolate pudding packed to the top because they drove it for 70,000 miles and they and they didn't they didn't know that you're supposed to change the oil (laughs) it's so bad if if we have if we haven't taught people and and again in one way it's a testament to how how uh, uh, a car is not something that you anybody needs to know how to they you don't need to know how it runs you don't need to know how it works you don't need to know how to repair it 
there are only maybe three things you need to know about it. One of which is mm-hmm. it needs gasoline. You need uh, you need air in the tires. And you need to change the oil every 3,000 miles, please. And even that goes over people's heads. So that's we have to set a realistic level for how much we can teach somebody about the technology that they rely on every single day, even when it's really for their own good. Okay. For some reason, this just made me think of my mother and how she told me she mixes Windex and water for her windshield wipers. Sorry. <laughs> like, don't do that, by the way. Don't do that. <laughs> but, it, but it's blue water. It's got to work. I, I don't. I totally just called my mom out, but that's okay. <laughs> I think that's a funny story, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Let's take a break for, for, before, the, for the benefit uh, of pe- for the benefit of the people who are still hanging on. Why should you you not use the diluted Windex in your windshield washer? I don't know, but my understanding is that you're just not supposed to do that. Like windshield wiper. Yeah, I, I didn't know either. So versus I was to Windex. <laughs> and the thing is, it so okay. Okay, this is, oh, is this big glass telling me not to do it? Uh, Let's see. Oh, that's right. So windshield wiper fluid, it doesn't freeze. That's why. Ah, okay. I remember I did read about this. Yes, it doesn't freeze. You you want something that can work with the temperature of the car. And so that's how, anyway. That's right, because it'll, right. It'll just be frozen in the bottle and it just won't work. Got it. No, that's, nobody that's, wants frozen Windex. You can't well, do anything it's with also, that. No, that. That makes sense. It also, <laughs> is the reason why, like when it's when frost is starting to build up as you're driving, the windshield wiper fluid will like cut it down. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. The break. more you know. <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. A few decades ago, it was easy to be a private person. What's changed? Well, yeah, the internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. The sad truth is that data can be crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone can be a public figure. To keep our data private when we go online, we can turn to ExpressVPN. There are hundreds of data brokers out there, and their sole business is to buy and sell data. The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address, which is used to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. So when you turn ExpressVPN on, you're given a random IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify individual people and harvest data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, or smart TV, All you have to do is tap one button to get protected. Okay, here's another personal experience block. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to cut this short because it's like you've got got the Andy Anatko like personal experience podcast embedded here in this episode, the material podcast, because all of these ads have a personal experience block on it. Uh, And I will disregard uh, like the individual questions that are here, because once again, I don't I don't. Uh, I, 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 I want you to know that whatever I say in this personal experience block is sincere and I'm not just saying, gosh, and the, the great thing about this, uh, the great thing about this new, uh, magic, 
uh, G5 neutrality blanket curtain is that the harmful theta waves that make us okay no 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 that's not what I mean but yeah uh, yeah I've uh, if you've been listening to this this uh, this show every time I do the ad read for Express VPN I have the same good words good things to say and the same experience that uh, I've a VPN is essential. Uh, we we're getting to the, it's, as I, as I speak, it's, it's early April. I haven't gotten my immunization yet. I don't know when I'm going to get my immunization, but I will get it. And then I will be free, free, free traipsing like a hippie at Woodstock, only sensibly dressed and probably with the laptop bag and on commuter rail, but still that same ethos of, Oh my God, I'm, Oh, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm going to go to this coffee shop. I'm going to go to this library. I'm going to go to this, this Amtrak terminal and whatever. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to need VPN again. Uh, And else, and also this is something that we need to really just, just remind ourselves about that, uh, that data, data bureaus, data uh, transactors are absolutely unregulated. And the VPN used to be synonymous with, oh, I'm not going to use a public Wi-Fi unless I'm running this through a VPN. Sometimes it's a good idea to think about, well, maybe I should have my smart TV connect through a VPN. You know, maybe maybe I should deny because we've got all these devices inside our our homes that are connected to the Internet and marketing companies and data aggregators. They haven't they're not ignoring anything that is inside our house or in our lives that can somehow deliver some information that can be monetized in some way. So we really have to think about VPN not as just this little icon at the top of our phone or the top of our our laptop, but as an essential service, kind of like having a water purifier uh, in the basement that makes sure that tungsten, not really interested in drinking that or bathing in it or washing my dishes or my clothes in it, perhaps that should be like a housewide service that we have something in the basement that removes all that tungsten. And VPN is the tungsten remover for the online experience. Uh, I've been using, I, I switched to it when they became an av- first became an advertiser because I wanted to test it out. And, and I also needed a VPN service. I've been a subscriber ever since. And because pretty much everything that they said in the ad copy I found is absolutely true. It's, it's so simple. It's effective. It works exactly the way I want a VPN service to work. And it's not as though at the, there comes a point where, oh, gee, I really, I, now that I've, I've got this smart TV uh, in the kitchen that, uh, that I can't really uh, control view, uh, I can't control privacy and security through uh, the interface like ah, damn it! It's too bad that this the VPN service I've subscribed to doesn't work with smart TVs. Well, no, this is it's flex. It's easy enough for for you to recommend someone who is non technical whatsoever. Uh, but if you are a technical person and you need to adapt it to whatever situation you're into, I found that because it works on on, on basic standards, if you need to open up the hood and think wire things in yourself you can also do that so I, I i do recommend this and i'm not i'm not reading that you can tell about the cadence of my uh, of my voice here that i'm not reading text here by comparison compared to uh compared to this right here so if you believe that your data is your business secure yourself with the number one rated vpn on the market Visit expressvpn.com slash material and get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash material. Go to expressvpn.com slash material to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. Andy, I have been 
kind of dying to talk to you about YouTube since last week I had like a full, I feel like last week I did a lot of studying on David Dobrik just because, I mean, we're not talking about him on the show today, by the way. Okay. If you want to know what he did, just go Google it. Honestly, uh, you'll have an easier time finding out that way. <laughs> but I I really think it's it's related to our little news piece about YouTube today. So YouTube is experimenting with this idea of hiding your di- the disliked counts on videos. Um, when you go to a video, there is actually a up thumb and a down thumb. And you can click the up thumb or the down thumb if you are logged in to vote Essentially, on the video, I assume this helps it with the whole algorithm situation. This helps it with discovery. I guess it's the next best thing to leaving a comment. However, leaving a downvote is the next worst thing to leaving a nasty comment. And so because of this, uh, there was a tweet from the official YouTube account on Tuesday that hints at an experiment being launched in response to creator feedback around the well-being and target. Uh, excuse me, around their well-being and targeted dislike campaigns. And so I bring David Dobrik into this because he is an example of a YouTube celebrity gone really big. And with all the harassment. You you don't get any more famous than You know what? I didn't hear about him until (laughs) I didn't hear about him until he he came into my Venn diagram last week. So and the thing about YouTube and actually, you know what? This is a good time to just get into it, okay? The thing about YouTube is that for a long time, Andy and I, we've been covering, you know, the whole YouTube where it exists in culture right now uh, story. But Andy, I've been thinking about it a little differently since um, all this drama has been coming out with people on YouTube is that it's no longer um, the tech platform that we started sort of covering it as when it first stormed into the scene. It's just TV. It's yeah. just internet TV made by people. And really, in a way, it's, you know, very synonymous with maybe public access or maybe like a smaller, <laughs> you know, like a smaller TV station. But what is the difference between, you know, a YouTube makeup guru and like an MTV VJ in the late 90s? It's Poofy very same, same, Im- well, same impact, Sorry. right? Same same impact on on culture, um, and so I'm having like, that dis- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I just <laughs> I, I I came up with a better way to disrupt your please. Your, your, your and I and saw make, your make face light crack. up. So go. <laughs> I said the uh, the. <laughs> The, the the thing that a makeup that a uh, that a YouTube makeup guru and a 1980s MTV VJ has in common is 1990s. that 1990s. Oh, the joke works 1990s okay, as well. Okay, okay. Is that they both play roughly the same amount of videos from non-white music acts? Hmm. So that's there's why a, there's, a, there, there's a video you should watch about one of the VJs getting an interview with like David Bowie. Now, first of all. Props to the oh, VJ oh, because yes, I you're know never, which one you're, you're talking about. Yep, okay, you're, yes, you're, yes, yes. You're, you're never gonna you're never gonna look cool next to uh, unless you're Annie Lennox or Freddie Mercury. You're never gonna look cool next to <laughs> David Bowie. I and I, I I include Mick Jagger in that list. Uh, however, this this very very little uh, typical interview 
David Bowie interrupted it by saying, well, then why, I'm, one thing I'm concerned about is that I, you don't seem to play any uh, music from black performers on, uh, on MTV. And I'm, I find that quite curious. And then after you've been like pointed to by David Bowie, like you're, you feel even more troll and ogre like then. So that's sorry. Yeah. And yet now MTV, all MTV does is just show ridiculousness 18 hours a day. There is no other show on it. <laughs> people who understand this meme, this is like a thing people have been talking about. For I'm sorry. I, I totally derailed you and I shouldn't have done that. It's okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I got a little derailed there too. Let's go back on the rails. Let's go back on this train. Choo choo. Uh, so. <laughs> The thing about the dislike button is I'm going to let me give you all an anecdote. Okay, I am scared of YouTube, just absolutely terrified of it, which is a reason I never really got into it. I like some of the other platforms because I have a little more control over it. Discord, for instance, very closed, small community. I have utmost control over who comes in and who talks and, you know, who's booted out. Um, Twitter, even... I've had success with Twitter. I'm not sure why. I think it's because I just, I block people incessantly and I mute people incessantly so that I don't deal with what I don't want to see. Um, yeah, I, I YouTube though, getting a bad comment on YouTube feels way more hurtful than getting a bad comment on Twitter. Because on Twitter, I can just block it, hide it, bye-bye. You don't exist yeah. to me anymore. Um, on granted, it's still out there in the world, which is harmful, but like not, it's another conversation for another time with this. It is very true that there are these like targeted dislike campaigns with these YouTube celebrities that are all kind of fighting over each other for screen time. So to speak, they're all fighting over each other for these like virtual thrones that exist. (laughs) And when the world opens up back again, so to speak, when we get vaccinated and like, well, the YouTubers have already been hanging out with each other all this time. What am I saying? <laughs> like they, for them, there's been no pandemic. It's just the rest of us have been suffering. But I can see why this would be really helpful. When I have a YouTube video up on YouTube and somebody like downvotes it, like sometimes Twit will post one of our bits and people will downvote it. I never know, A, why you're downvoting something. Are you downvoting it because I said something wrong? Did I say something factually incorrect? Or are you just downvoting it because you don't like the way I look? You don't like the way my voice sounds? Or you think I interrupt my male co-host too much? Because that, when people leave a comment, like that seems to be what comes out. And I just, it's not constructive. Yeah. So I'm starting to wonder if we should have any commenting system at all on YouTube. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's tough. I mean, this is this was very very timely for me because um, I'm I'm in bed watching YouTube and watching all these recommended videos going down rabbit holes. Yep, and and YouTube algorithm often is very very good. It uh, surfaced a video questioning the authenticity of uh, Leonardo da Vinci's Salvatore Monday. That was that painting that auction for at Sotheby's for like four hundred fifty million dollars. And there's a without getting into another rat hole, it's a it's a there's a it's a long, fascinating story about the provenance of this uh, of this painting where uh, they don't no one really knows how much of the uh, how much of this Leonardo da Vinci actually painted. And some people are arguing that, no, this came out of his studio 
and it was mentioned in letters that there was at one time a painting exactly like this that Leonardo made, but the provenance on this is extremely iffy. I certainly wouldn't, not certainly not strong enough to spend $450 million on. And so I'm fascinated by this, as you can imagine. So of course I, I played this and the video was, uh, it was, it just wasn't well done. It was slickly produced. But it was, it was like a 20-minute video, so I thought it was going to be like a really interesting like documentary with interesting commentary. But a lot of it was just like the first – imagine the first 10 seconds of an intro video. Uh, a, a first 10 seconds introduction of a video that is just like setting the mood until it gets into the real thing. But imagine that being like three, four, five minutes long. Like, but when <sighs> do we determine that – authenticity is a virtue and then there was a lot then a montage of claims made by the auctioneers followed by a really obnoxious like buzzer just sound. get to the recipe like exactly. i just need you to get exactly. to the recipe and so this point, exactly and so i bailed on it and my thinking was again i'm, I'm using the the remote the the and the google tv interface so as yes. a way of telling the youtube algorithm please don't give me more mm-hmm, uh, videos mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this i click the down vote uh not completely understanding what that did because it's not like there's an explicit don't don't recommend more videos like this i know there's a if you go to the channels it's like don't recommend videos right. from the channel but then like I, I i turned up again in my history on the desktop where i could see oh it's only had like 171 or so views so this wasn't a slickly produced like news video this was someone who put this together probably kind of as a labor of love and now i downvoted it and they're gonna see oh well of my uh that's making me that's making that's making me think about that too you're right andy why can't they just have this be some sort of like this is just for me to tell you what to give me and not give me because i can do that on instagram which i really appreciate i could do that on tiktok so and those are trying you know instagram reels i'm talking i'm you know, talking about, but even the feed, I can mute what I don't want to see. Yeah. I I felt bad because it's, it's one thing when a a channel that has like a million subscribers and, and every, and every, every video gets like a couple hundred thousand views. I would like to think that a, uh, that the creator will see a down vote vote that simply says, Oh, well, relative to the other videos that I've done, this has gotten received more down votes than usual. I'll I won't I won't be offended by that. I will take that as a metric to decide maybe that topic is not well liked. But again, when it's somebody who is just eh, I don't want that person to see the only most of the responses I got were down votes, meaning that I'm being told never to make any of these videos ever again. I feel exactly I feel I feel like I should go back and like reverse that and just because I feel bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would be I'd be I'd be very glad if the public weren't weren't influenced by saying, Oh, well, I don't want to watch these because anyway. TLDR YouTube needs to fix some things. Um, Moving on very quickly, you know, I love, love, love when companies with giant server farms in the middle of the desert (laughs) try and make things more (laughs) eco-friendly. It's like, listen. (laughs) So Reuters is reporting that um, Google Maps will start directing drivers toward eco-friendly routes if you decide that you want to use it. you So later this year, U.S. users will be automatically opted into a feature by which directions will recommend the most emissions-friendly route unless significantly quicker routes are available. Uh, so, you know, you want to try and keep the planet from dying, you could try and take you. the most eco-friendly route. 
Which I'm very curious, by the way, what that means. Well, yeah. maps will determine the eco-friendliness of a route based on what Google has learned from testing across different kinds of vehicles and roads using insights drawn from a tool developed by the U.S. government's National Renewable Energy Lab combined with road elevation and grade data. The tool is called, surprise, surprise, Route E. That's a route with two E's. And it's now receiving funding from Google to study the accuracy of its estimates the NRLE released a research paper about Route E in February, which described it as a Python library that can enable accurate estimation of energy consumption for a variety of vehicles over trips where detailed driving data isn't available. Uh, this includes its own pre-trained AI model and can also be trained with new data sets. So on one hand, we have this very cool technology that um, is sort of being tested to to basically automatically in real time route people as needed. But on the flip side, we have this very interesting way that it's being marketed. It's sort of, well, you know what? So what if I didn't decide to take public transit today that's like freely available to me because I live (laughs) in a very heavily, densely populated metropolitan area? I'm going to drive by myself in my car and I'm going to take the eco-friendly route. Yeah. There's there's actually a couple. One interesting note, uh, the Google, I I didn't see a a post on the Google blog or anything anything about it. Apparently, they sent press releases and made some people available to certain outlets. Uh, And as, as part of the coverage uh, there was uh, Google also said that uh, a future update to Google Maps will kind of will take the biking and walking and public transportation out of individual tabs and they will sort of be in some way integrated with the main map. So if you they do should ask absolutely for driving, be. Yeah, so we'll show you that. Oh, wait, actually, I can take public transportation. It will only take 20 minutes more out of a out of an hour long commute. Gee, maybe I'll just take the maybe I'll just take the bus or take the train, which is good stuff. But the but the other thing is that there isn't any real certainty that this that the eco-friendly routes will be any better? This is all really hypothetical. Yeah, and what if you're one of those jerks, I don't even care if I'm calling you out, (laughs) who likes to call people with their trucks? Yeah. You're not being eco-friendly. You're just being mean. You're you're being mean and you're making my car smell like coal, which is not cool, man. (laughs) Yep. It's usually a man. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. It's it's usually the. I, I I almost I almost got killed by by somebody who rolled coal on me like on on my bike, and I got I got oh, that's so awful. I got that's I got awful. so pissed. We, so we're both at like a we're both at a stop at a stoplight, and I play dumb, and I say, hey, I I I I, I think your your fuel injectors uh, are are out of adjustment because they're it's you're really releasing a lot of uh, releasing a lot of smoke out of the tailpipe. I don't know, you know, I mean, you want to get the check because you don't want to like hurt hurt your engine. And they looked at me because they were expecting me to yell at them. But then, and then I capped it off. Like now that they're really listening to me, I didn't realize that at the time. But I, I said, "Don't worry." I, I it was like really an expensive. Like I, I'm I'm eight years behind on my child support, but I bought I own this ninety thousand dollar truck mm-hmm. with these special emissions F modifications. And I capped it off by saying, "Don't don't don't worry about it." Like my my truck back home, my car back home was a beat up old piece of junk. I, I'm just it's just good to see like these old wrecks being kept on the road. And I could see them like, and then like I pulled away because the light had turned green, and I kind of and I just I only only as I was pulling away, and because this truck is a truck, it had the acceleration of a truck without wheels and I said, Oh, perhaps, you know what? I didn't really want to go to Walmart, but maybe I'll take this next right and go to Walmart and, you know, get a soda or something and let this person just not challenge me for the right of way for the next three or four or five. Ugh. Listen, don't do that. People it's rude. Okay. 
It's you can drive a truck and not be a jerk. I love yeah. trucks. I would love to drive a big truck. You All can right. also stand up for yourself without putting your life in danger. Or excuse me, sometimes it is not necessary to stand up for your life. Uh, yeah, and I think yourself that's, and put your life that's in a good danger. way of putting it, Andy. <laughs> uh, that that, that, that would have been that, that, uh, that would have been literally a bad hill to die on. I felt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, BRB. This episode of Material is brought to you by Rocket. Or, sorry, I was being a little bit fancy there. Rocket from Relay FM. Yes, one of our sister podcasts from the mighty Relay.fm network. Sorry, I went off script there. Let's go back on script. If you like this show, there's a good chance you'll like Rocket. I, I concur. That's I, we're, We are very simpatico. Again, back on script, Andy. Quiz time. Do you know what the first original podcast was that Relay FM produced? It was Rocket. And now they're now over 300 episodes strong. Every weekly, every week, mostly without fail, Christina Warren, Simone de Roquefort, and Brianna Wu make it weird on Rocket. Rocket covers all the hard tech news of the week, but in a fun way. From the latest Apple news to scams with fake blood testing companies, Rocket is there. Personal experience, we're relevant. Yes, once again. Of uh, beloved Andy Anatko freestyle essay, I was so glad that we're we're we're, we're uh, on relay. We're doing like cross promotion, uh, and so many times it is so, it is the it is the best ad read of the week for me because it's like uh, <laughs> most of the people. What you don't know is that uh, Rocket uh, is that Relay FM is kind of like a community of people who were already friends, and if we weren't already friends, we knew of each other and we already really respected each other that I kind of I kind of think that's one of the reasons why you see certain people have shows on this network because uh, it wasn't that ooh we were we were, we were headhunting someone who knows a lot about bitcoin it's like no no hey there's <laughs> there's Susan she's actually really really smart about bitcoin and she wants to do oh Susan absolutely Heck yes to Susan doing a doing a Bitcoin. She goes, absolutely, come on board. And so, yeah, they uh you're you're talking about three hosts who are like some of my favorite people, Christina Warren, uh <laughs> Simone and Brianna. Uh at least two of these uh, uh women. Uh I've you know, at, at trade show at trade shows, like uh, and just like hanging out here in Boston, like uh, you know, got had like a group geek dinners with and oh my god they're just so, they're just like why can't i why can't i speak that well and like that smart and that funny <laughs> at a table of like eight to ten people uh it's and uh, their their twitter feeds are awesome and this is another one of those this is another one of those uh of those podcasts where Oh, I need to, I need to go, I need to start doing like seven mile walks so that I can have two hours for listening to podcasts every single day. Because, uh, every time, every time, like I, I, I skip, uh, uh, rocket for a few weeks and I go back and see what I miss. I'm like, Oh, that's a really good topic. I kind of really want to see it. Uh, but it, it really does show off something that, uh, I aspire to, I think we aspire to here on material. I, I've always thought that the the one ingredient that you can't that you got to have if you want to have a successful uh, podcast certainly as for me as the point of view of a listener are people who enjoy spending time each other with each other uh, enjoy each other's company and respect each other and have like or, or really really enjoy hearing what someone else has to say and you can tell the pleasure 
uh, that uh, three these three th- these three hosts have spending about an hour discussing again a whole range of topics. It start you know, it'll be the really interesting tech topics, and then they'll start talking they'll start talking about a documentary that someone's that someone watched and it's just as good as anything else that was in the episode it's 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 like a whole sandwich of layers of of protein and sauce and sweet sweet uh, stuff and 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 carbohydrates like all in one really really great package that uh, I, I look forward to every single time. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I can't recommend this highly enough. It's uh, again, it was one of those, Oh dang it. I missed that. Cause I have been like slacking off for the past uh, three or four weeks of a lot of things, uh, <laughs> exercise included. Yes. House cleaning. Yes. But also listening to podcasts. And this is the one where, Oh, that's right. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, another good one. So yes, please. Uh, <laughs> please, please, please subscribe to Rocket because it's it's really, really, really awesome. Uh, back to the ad read. If you're looking for an episode to start with, try episode 300, Dessert. Congratulations on episode 300. You're you're actually ahead of us, uh, uh, but uh, so that again, but we're, we're kind of like we're we're kind of cousins. We're like anyway, anyway. Uh, Bree Simone and Christina found turkey dinner flavored candy corn on the internet. Oh boy, two horrible tastes that probably don't go great together uh they tried on the air and yeah there you go it really doesn't go well <laughs> become the fourth member of christina Bree, and simone's gang by going to relay.fm slash rocket or search for rocket wherever you get your podcasts all right lastly before we close out another episode of material podcast uh we have a letter from mark from the UK, Mark from overseas, who wrote in about our big 300. And um, I'm concerned. I'll tell you why after I read it. To celebrate the big 300, have you considered eating your way through each of the sweet Android treats? Cupcake, donut, eclair, etc.? Perhaps a piece to talk about major features of each release and how far we've come? I've seen everything from the HTC Hero through the Nexus One and beyond. What do you think? Uh, to the first part, Mark, this guy gets it. He he just gets it. I mean, I think that um, this would be something really fun that we should do. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should do as this. As soon as the show, show ends, because it's, the, let's see, the big market of the street is closed, but I could still make it to the other one. It was well, no, no, no. I have to half. go. I can't, unfortunately, I can't just jump to the grocery store these days because of the whole pandemic childcare oh. thing. But... Uh, I do think this is an interesting idea. I, I really do, Mark. Thank you for sending it in because, A, I think it'd be great you and I to just go get like favorite cupcakes and donuts and eclairs. I promise I won't get another tin of Oreos. <laughs> and, although when we get to Oreo, <laughs> I get to bring home Oreos. So I don't know. I'm thinking maybe we might want to do it and talk about this. Yeah. Can, can I, so I have, the, I have the official list in front of me. Go so ahead. starting with, Okay. Well, first of all, one one point zero and one point one have had no code names, so let's let's use that as like the free space, like the free tile in Scrabble, so we can have whatever decadent dessert we want. Okay. Uh, after that, there came cupcake, donut, eclair, mm-hmm. froyo, gingerbread, mm-hmm. honeycomb, which again we can apply however we like. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a little harder to. 
uh, ice cream sandwich, jelly bean, Kit Kat, lollipop, marshmallow, nougat. Again, probably anything that has a nougat component. So that's a Oreo. Again, wide variety that we can go. We can, we can go. We can go for the s'mores one. We can go for the lemon one. Even the Lady Gaga one. Nine, Android nine pie. Pie. Thank heavens, we can we can go for pie. Pie. Um, See that's that's what that's what we're building towards. We want to save room for 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 Android nine, Android oh, P, ten Q. and eleven. Actually, I don't oh, have Q it on, nothing. The, on the yeah. I, I'm going I'm going from the source.android.com. Wait, wait, wait! Page. Didn't they have a secret for Q? They said it was like Keens or it was it was going to be something. Yeah, and the and and the the worst news is that Android twelve. The last we heard, the code name is is uh, snow cone or I, shaved ice or something. It's snow. So you can snow cones fine. Why don't we do that yeah, in the summer? It's, it's That'll a fight, be it's so a fight refreshing. To, the, the, the thing is designed. It's it's it has. No I am fat going to, hold to find you a snow cone. No, I am going to find okay. you a snow cone kit. I'm going to get you something. We're we're going to do. Okay. I would enjoy have, did, having a, a, a Snoopy snow cone machine. That would be kind of cool. Oh my gosh! I was just yum, actually yum, completely fun, visualizing that in my head. And its name is the Snoopy Snow Cone Machine. You put ice cubes in and get a snow cone out. Yum yum fun is what it's all about. I'll, I'll ask ask me what my junior library card number was when I was eight years old, or ask me to name all of my nieces and nephews. I will bet I'll get at least one of them wrong. That's how the brain <laughs> works, everybody, and it doesn't get any better. <laughs> You know who also has a problem naming their children? Uh, the husband <laughs> and sister wives. Anyway, <laughs> he has 18 children. So many kids. That, that seems like a multiple so of kids. an optimal number of children to have. And he has the audacity to make him feel bad about wanting to go to like a nice college. Hmm. Okay. Uh- there's a munchkin banging at my door. I think that's a I good, think that's a good sign for us wind, to wind her, wind her up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> um, hey, reminder, if you would like to send us a letter, you can at materialpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, my gosh, Mona, hold on. Um, <laughs> or you can send us a tweet at Material Podcast. We, we, love, we love the Twitter, and, and we're on there, so please. Uh, you can also become a member, which gets you access to some members-only show. And, hey, guess what? We have one actually coming out next week. We have a members-only show. Our book club is officially uh, coming through, it is the book club for the podcast, Land of the Giants. We will have more information for you on our social media pages later this week. Uh, social media pages, Twitter, it's <laughs> your podcast. Just don't get worried. It's just right there. Suffi- uh, su- to- suffice to say that our street team is just finding its feet. We, d- we don't have a makeup line coming anytime soon. No, street team is just, it, it's just some <laughs> teenager I, I found uh, at the pizza parlor. <laughs> Uh, and and you know what? She has homework to do. So, you know, priorities. I'm, I'm, Relay. Glad, that, FM. I'm glad that she's not distracting her studies. Exactly. Uh, Relay.fm slash material. If you'd like to become a member of our show or if you just want some extra links to my website, to Andy's website, uh, to our Twitter accounts, our individual Twitter accounts. Andy, uh, what have you got going on this week? You got anything you want to tell us about? Yep, I got, uh, as usual, public radio in Boston. Go to WGBHnews.org on Friday. I'm on at 12.30 in the afternoon Eastern time. You can listen to it uh, live or later, WGBHnews.org. Thank you, Andy, for doing the show notes this week and for being my co-host every week. Oh, thank you for being my co-host and my friend. 
Oh, thanks, Andy. Uh, I'm Flo, Florence Ion. You can find me at florenceion.com. You can also find me on the internet. Oh, that flow on the social media channels, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I'm on them. I'm there. Um, We'd also like to extend a special thanks to our editor, Jim, for making this podcast sound great every week. Uh, And we also want to thank you all for listening. So from here on out, we're just going to say have a very safe and wonderful seven days, and we will see you very soon. Bye-bye.